Welcome to That You May Grow Thereby, a work of the Northern Kentucky Church of Christ. We are located at 18 Scott Drive in Florence, Kentucky. Our phone number is 859-371-2095. You can also visit us at www.nkcofc.com. And now, that you may grow thereby. Thank you for listening to That You May Grow Thereby. I am Greg Littmer, and I am one of the elders of the Northern Kentucky Church of Christ. And my friends, if I had to choose what is the most basic concept of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, I would say without doubt it is that God loves us. Once again, we all know John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. And while we recognize that it is easy to love those who love us, let us remember that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us, according to Romans chapter 5 and verse 8. It is the love of God for a lost mankind that makes possible the gospel of our salvation, the good news that we do not have to be lost. That incredible love is extended to all people, even though most people do not love God in return. Now, there are many manifestations of God's love, almost too numerous to mention, but none of them surpass the cross. In the Old Testament, God said through the prophet Ezekiel in Ezekiel 18 and verse 20, the person who sins will die. I like the King James translation, the soul that sinneth, it shall die. And in the New Testament, the Apostle Paul wrote in Romans 6 and verse 23, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. The truth is that we have all sinned. Staying in the book of Romans, looking at chapter 3 and verse 23, we find, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That means that we all must pay for our sin by death. All must die spiritually because all have sinned. However, the good news is that Jesus came and paid our penalty. Look with me at Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 9, where we find, But we do see him who has been made a little lower than the angels, namely Jesus, because of the suffering of death crowned with glory and honor, that by the grace of God he might taste death for everyone. Jesus experienced death in the place of everyone, the benefits of which will be enjoyed by everybody who puts their faith in him and his sacrificial work on the cross. When we look at the cross of Jesus, We see many things, but the thing that stands out most clearly to me is the love of Christ. That is what the Apostle Paul wrote to the Corinthian brethren in his second epistle to that congregation. Turning to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 14 through 20, we find, For the love of Christ controls us, having concluded this, that one died for all, therefore all died, and he died for all, that they who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died and rose again on their behalf. Therefore, from now on, we recognize no man according to the flesh, but though we 
have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him thus no longer. Therefore, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things passed away, behold, new things are come. Now all these things are from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ, and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, namely, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and he has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Therefore we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God were entreating through us. We beg you, on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. Paul declared that the love of Christ controls us. What an interesting statement to make. The word control means to constrain, compel, or cause to act. The New English Bible reads, the love of Christ leaves us no choice. In other words, because Christ's love is seen in his sacrifice for us, we are compelled to act in a certain way. Well, what way is that? The verses of the passage from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 14 through 20, give us the answer. First, as seen in verse 15, we forsake self. It is the natural desire of every human being to serve self, to live for self, to gratify the lust of the flesh. But we recognize that God is love, and we love him because he first loved us. That's from 1 John chapter 4, verse 8 and 19. As we view the cross of Jesus, and we see there the love of the Lord, we know, as verse 15 of 2 Corinthians 5 points out, he died for all that they who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died and rose again on their behalf. If the cross won't compel us to seek after God, then I don't know what will. When Jesus set forth the terms of discipleship in Matthew 16, he showed that the price is indeed high. Looking at Matthew chapter 16 and verse 24, we find Jesus saying, If anyone wishes to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. What could possibly motivate someone to do that? To deny himself and take up the cross. Only the powerful love shown on the cross can move people to do that. In 1 John chapter 2, verses 15-17, through 17, we find, Do not love the world, nor the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the boastful pride of life, is not from the Father but is from the world. And the world is passing away and also its lust, but the one who does the will of God abides forever. The love of Christ demonstrates so graphically on the cross how it compels us, constrains us, to leave the world of sin and to stop focusing upon ourselves. Motivated by that love, Paul wrote in Philippians chapter 3 and verse 7, But whatever things were gained to me, those I have counted lost for the sake of Christ. Secondly, as seen in verse 16 of 2 Corinthians 5, is to learn of him. Many think that they know Christ personally. But what did Paul write in verse 16? Therefore, from now on, we recognize no man according to the flesh, even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him thus no longer. Paul is essentially saying that a person could only know about Jesus 
but not know him well enough until he becomes his followers. Jesus himself made it clear to us the way we can know him. In John 6 verse 45 we find it is written in the prophets and they shall all be taught of God. Everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. We come to Christ through his word, the message that he authorized to be preached throughout the whole world to every individual. In fact, the only way that a person can come to Christ is through learning. Remember his great invitation found in Matthew 11 verses 28 through 30. Jesus said, Come unto me, all ye who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly of heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The cross, which declares God's love for us, compels us to the book, constrains us to study. As our knowledge of Christ grows, we must also be led to submit to his will. After all, in Luke chapter 6, verse 46, Jesus said, And why call me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? And again we find in John 14 and verse 15, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Where do we find the greatest example of such teaching? In the cross. Paul wrote in Philippians chapter 2 and verse 8, And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death even death on the cross. Jesus was obedient unto death, and we are constrained by the cross to be obedient to him. When the Lord, after his resurrection, sent his disciples out, he told them in Mark 16:15 and 16, Go you into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believes not shall be damned. That message was preached the message of the cross. And when people heard that message, they were pricked or moved, compelled or constrained in their hearts and asked what they needed to do. We see this dynamic in Acts chapter 2, verses 37 and 38. Now when they heard this, they were pierced to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brethren, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, Repent and let each of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. On that day, about 3,000 individuals were constrained or compelled by the love of Christ, as explained in the preaching, to obey. And they were baptized for the remission of their sins. The principle remains exactly the same. We learn about Jesus and his love by going into the word of God, and letting that word tell us what we must do. Then we must obey what we have learned there. Thirdly, the love of Christ constrains or compels us to live a new life, as pointed out in verse 17 of 2 Corinthians 5. The scriptures tell us when the gospel was preached in Corinth, many of the Corinthians hearing believed and were baptized. That's Acts 18 and verse 8. We learn the meaning and the purpose of baptism in Romans chapter 6, verses 3 and 4. Or do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus have been baptized into his death? Therefore we have been buried with him through baptism into death, in order that as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. There it is, my friends. 
When we are constrained or compelled by the love of Christ to come to the cross, we are baptized into his death. We are buried with him into death and raised to walk in newness of life. The new life is lived for Christ, not for self. By hearing and doing the words of Jesus, we are building upon a solid foundation, one that will sustain us, one that will last. Remember the words of the Lord in Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 and 25. There Jesus said, Therefore everyone who hears these words of mine and acts upon them may be compared to a wise man who built his house upon the rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and burst against that house. And yet it did not fall, for it had been founded upon the rock. Just as Paul could say in Galatians 2 and verse 20, I have been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So we all should be constrained, compelled, to give ourselves completely to the Lord. The new life is a life lived in the footprints of Jesus. It is a life of righteousness, made possible by what Jesus did on the cross. Indeed, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21 tells us, He made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Finally, as pointed out in verse 20 of 2 Corinthians 5, the love of Christ compels us or controls us to tell others. It says, Therefore we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were entreating through us, we beg you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. When Jesus sent his apostles following his resurrection and just before his ascension, he told them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. That's Mark 16, 15. He told them they were to go and teach all nations. That's Matthew 28, verse 19. He explained why in Luke chapter 24, verses 46 and 47. Thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and rise again from the dead the third day, and that repentance for forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all the nations beginning from Jerusalem. And that is exactly what they did. They went forth preaching the word. In carrying out their commission, they faced intense persecution, but they kept right on going. Look at Acts chapter 5, verses 27 to 31. That passage tells us, And when they had brought them, they stood them before the council. And the high priest questioned them, saying, We gave you strict orders not to continue teaching in this name, and behold, you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching and intend to bring this man's blood upon us. But Peter and the apostles answered and said, We must obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom you had put to death by hanging him on the cross. He is the one whom God exalted to his right hand as a prince and a savior to grant repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. In fact, the Apostle Paul was still preaching when he was in prison. In Ephesians chapter 6, verses 19 through 20, a letter written from prison, we find, and pray on my behalf that utterance may be given to me in the opening of my mouth to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains, that in proclaiming it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. They were so constrained, so compelled, so controlled by the love of Christ that they did just what the Lord told them to do. They went everywhere preaching the word to all who would listen 
and even prison could not stop their mouths. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 2, Paul wrote, For I determined to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. The reason why he was so determined is found in 1 Corinthians 1 verse 18. For the word of the cross is to those who are perishing foolishness, but to us who are being saved it is the power of God. My friends, when the cross was preached, people were moved to commit their lives to Jesus Christ. Do we all truly realize the value of a single soul? Jesus said in Matthew chapter 16 and verse 26, For what will a man be profited if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? As we view the cross, God's power to save, and see the love of Christ so clearly demonstrated in it, we must be constrained, compelled, controlled to tell others the good news. Just as we believe in Jesus Christ, we should be moved to speak the message of the Lord. I like the way Paul put it in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 13. But having the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed, therefore I spoke. We also believe, therefore also we speak. That ought to be the natural thing for all of the saved, tell others. And frankly, the love of Christ compels us, constrains us to do just that. So yes, the love of Christ controls, compels, constrains us. His death constrains us to die to sin, to forsake sin and the world. It constrains us to learn all we can about him and do all his will in all things. His love constrains us to live a new life, a life for him, and we are constrained to constantly be looking for the opportunity to tell others the story of the cross. The story of the cross. Words to contemplate. Thanks for listening.